Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can find us every day on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch us, too. We are on your computer or even your mobile device if you take that browser over to supertalktv.com. Now, today we get to learn how the blues went international. And I I think we all know that it is an international phenomenon, but really, like the blues, they went internationally. Dr. Rolando Hertz, the director of the Delta Center for Culture and Learning and executive director for the Mississippi Delta National Heritage Area from Delta State, is joining us today to share a little bit more about this unique story. Welcome, Dr. Hertz. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All the things. It's that weird sort of time. Um, I know you're on holiday break there at Delta State, but this is a super cool story. So tell us how the Delta delegation even got started. Sure. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to to you and all of your listeners. So um, we started this in 2019. It started with me going to um, Brazil for uh, the National Association for Interpretation of International Conference and presenting there on our work. And I have to tell you that uh, the, the Delta Center, our mission is to promote greater understanding of the Mississippi Delta's culture and history and its significance to the world. We take that international component very, very seriously. And so this was an opportunity to kind of spread the message. And I learned while I was there in Rio that they were having a Mississippi Delta Blues Festival there. Uh, the first annual one. When I went there, then I met the uh, festival organizer. His name is Toyo Bogoso, and he's from southeastern Brazil, a, a town called Caxias de Sul. And I learned that they had been doing a blues festival there, Mississippi Delta Blues Festival, for 12 years at that point. That's really cool. That's really it's neat. Very cool. Yeah. Do you very even know cool. how that got started um, the 12 years prior? Yeah, well, talking with him, he had been visiting uh, the Mississippi Delta for years, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and it just because he had this fascination with the blues and there are others there in, um, in Brazil who have the same fascination, he decided to start it just because of his love for the Mississippi Delta and Mississippi Delta culture, which was really, really fascinating. You know, Dr. Um, Hertz, we always hear that people internationally travel to Mississippi, and I think we it goes in one ear and sort of out the other. They were like, oh, yeah, 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 they come, we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, they really do, and they really take back what they either, you know, connect with or enjoy about Mississippi, and they celebrate it or at least, you know, enjoy it in their home countries. That's so fascinating. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Travel South USA, which serves as like the uh, southern destination uh, destination marketing organization for all the southern region, Brazil is considered to be one of its emerging tourism markets. 
So that was another reason why we uh, partnered with Visit Mississippi and other entities to do this work. Really cool. Okay, so then you were over there. You're astonished. You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to a Mississippi festival, you know, there in Brazil. What in, what inspired you to maybe bring them to Mississippi? Well, actually, it was us going there. That's the main thing about Delta Delegation to Brazil is that we are taking the cultural heritage storytellers, blues players, tourism promoters from the Mississippi Delta to gotcha. Brazil and promoting the Mississippi Delta as a destination there, as well as using that as a world stage to celebrate our cultural heritage. When you have to think about all the things that you have to cram into or get the point across about the Mississippi Delta and, you know, a small, you know, frame of time, you don't have the entire, you know, you can't unzip their head and pack in all the Delta culture and, you know, and zip them back up because it's a hard thing to sort of explain. How do you think through about what you're going to either present or share or show or take with you? Well, yeah, well, with it being a Mississippi Delta Blues Festival already, you know, clearly the blues is at the forefront, but then you also have artists there who are interpreting the cultural heritage in various ways. You have people performing different things. You have, uh, they set up the entire festival this year. It, it was the Clarksdale edition. They set it up to look like Clarksdale in various ways, like Clarksdale venues and all of that. Um, so, you know, if that was also part of it, that you see them celebrating it. So, yeah, it's not really hard because you already have people primed for it. And being over the Mississippi Delta National Heritage Area, we have five themes that incorporate, like, the river, agriculture, the blues, civil rights, uh, folk art, immigrant groups. So we, can, we have a framework for telling those stories when we talk to people, and it really gets them very interested. And so you mentioned people coming from Brazil to the Mississippi Delta. That is happening as well. My colleague um, at Visit Clarksdale, Bubba O'Keefe, who runs it, has said that you've seen an uptick in Brazilian tourists because of this exposure. So we're just hoping to see this grow over the next few years. I think this is something for us all to be proud of and also interested in the fact that, hey, we take so many of our cultural um, places and stops and things kind of for granted. We always encourage visiting Mississippi here on good things. And it's like people are really traveling across the pond to come where you could go on any given, you know, weekend or explore and enjoy and learn more about. And, you know, sometimes we we forget that, hey, what we have here is pretty unique. That is true. And it's I think it's a wonderful opportunity to build pride of place among our Mississippi Delta residents and Mississippi people at large. Um, that people are coming here to, like you said, take advantage of and experience what we take for granted. And so how do we then take that to them so they get a taste of it and then make them really want to come again and again, which is what Toyo and his festival organizers, they have done over the years. They've come back and back again um, to get that flavor of authenticity to take it back. And so we're helping them to enrich that flavor by participating in the festival. Oh, that's so cool to me. I mean, how neat would it be to travel internationally and then wind up, you know, celebrating one of your own back home sort of festivals with people, you know, of of a completely different culture and community that appreciate, you know, where you came from. So Brazil, you've got that one kind of checked off. Where else are you looking towards, Dr. Hertz, to sort of take this story? Well, we want, we want to get Brazil nailed down. One of the things with us being a Delta State University, of course, this is an educational endeavor. 
So um, what we're hoping to do is to actually work with a, a university there in Brazil that we have a partnership with officially, University of Caxias de Sul, and develop this as a, an exchange that goes back and forth. So, like, we go down there for the Mississippi Delta Blues Festival Brazil, and then in the spring, then they bring a group up to experience Juke Joint Festival that happens in April of every year out of Parksdale, which also draws international tourists. And so we see that as a framework for sharing our cultures, you know, across uh, the miles and all of that, and uh, sharing the, the differences, the similarities. Uh, we talked about doing an actual Delta cultural symposium there at the University of Shiaztasul, creating this as a course in the fall where people, not just students at Delta State, but maybe folks even around the community, throughout the state, throughout our communities there, can go with us and be a part of that experience. How do you get signed up with that? Because that's really cool. <laughs> We're working on it, I tell you. You know, there, there, there's always red tape with those sorts of things. And we did have a very, very um, productive meeting with our partners at University of Kashias the School. And they're working up a plan right now that we're then going to, in the new year, start to kind of iteratively refine, you know, back and forth. And then hopefully, like I said, when the fall rolls around, we'll have this as a course that we can uh, have folks to sign up for and be a part of that, developing that experience. Well, I think it's, too, a good thing to sort of uh, let parents or, I guess, students listening to good things know that, hey, look, Delta State's got some really cool courses, some really cool different areas of interest that if if you're into that or want to explore more, I mean, you know, there's some really cool things happening. Absolutely. So I would really encourage folks to check out our website for the Delta Center. It's deltacenterdsu.com. For the heritage area, it's msdeltaheritage.com. Um, and just, you know, stay in touch with us. Um, my email address is rhertz, R-H-E-R-T-S, at deltastate.edu. You can email me directly for information, and we'll put you on our mailing list. We do have a newsletter that comes out with information and such. And so, um, yeah, as we develop this, we would love for people to know people's interest in this. We're already getting folks in the local community there in Cleveland and the Delta saying they want to go, too. So, uh, we're going to be listening to those folks and figuring out how we can make that happen. We're going to have a whole bandwagon of Mississippians headed to Brazil for our own festival. Just watch and see. I think it's really cool. You know, part of the culture there in the Delta, though, is the food. So at the Mississippi Delta Blues Festival in Brazil, did they have some good fried catfish, some tamales, some <laughs> some collard greens, yeah, cornbread? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think they did their best to kind of replicate some things, but... Um, it's nothing like being in Mississippi, right? So that, that becomes a selling point. It's like, well, you know, if you really want to really take some really good catfish or hot tamales or whatever, you got to come to the Mississippi Delta. And that becomes our big selling point. But, again, that's a great venue for folks to start getting an initial taste of it. And then that makes them want to come up. I mean, that's what we've heard of resoundingly from folks that we talked to down there in Brazil. They're very, very excited, and they're very excited to, uh, to practice their English. So it's like a big deal for them. Uh, that's very important to them in the business world and the educational world is to be bilingual. And so having those exchanges are also very enriching for them, and they want that. Well, that's pretty cool, Dr. Hertz. I appreciate your time here again. Happy New Year, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you. You can always give us good updates with this story here on Good Things. Will do. Thanks so much, Rebecca, and thanks to your reader, your, your listener. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more for you up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm the morning time and we're going strong. Headed up down the river. Oh Lord, I feel the reveling. I feel the Don't forget you can watch Good Things. We're on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And don't forget, too, there's a ton of content over on Super Talk Mississippi's YouTube channel. Just search Super Talk Mississippi and you'll find us. You can subscribe. It's free. And then you'll be able to get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and of course, the good things. Now, Rhino, you were asking me if Dr. Hertz was taking his Delta delegation to Brazil right now because it might not be the most festive time of year to go. Yeah, Brazil, the uh, country announced after the passing of Pele earlier today, which if you hadn't heard, Pele passed away today at the age of 82. The country is in mourning for the next 48 hours. And even for someone who has absolutely no idea about soccer, I know the name. Like I could, I knew, I don't. I don't know any of his stats. I have no idea his influence on the sport, but it's one of those names where you've heard it. Oh, yeah. He was the – I hate to draw the comparison because it, it's not quite fair to either of them, but he was kind of like Michael Jordan in his prime where he he just exceeded the bounds of the sport he played and crossed over into all kinds of pop culture and cultural revel, relevance to the point where, and I posted it on Twitter, there's a movie that was made before I was born. It came out in, I believe, February of 85, called Vision Quest, starring Matthew Modine as a high school wrestler and dealing with his dad who doesn't want him to waste his time. And and short, long story short, there's a scene from the movie where a guy is missing work and getting docked pay and gets dressed up and shaves and cleans up to go watch Matthew Modine's character wrestle. And Matthew Modine's like, "That's you're, you're getting docked pay. You, you can't do that for me. It's just six minutes on the mat at most. And the guy tells a story about being at the hotel and watching the Mexican channel and watching Pele kick the ball in the net upside down and backwards and how in that moment he realized that another human being could ride, could bring every other human up if just for a moment. And it's an 80s movie about a high school wrestler, but it talked about Pele. That was the kind of impact he had on not only the world of soccer, but the pop culture and cultural relevance everywhere. I think it's cool that his whole country takes. So how do you know how they mourn? I mean, I know we lower staffs here will do more more um, moments of silence for certain things. I mean, we, but how does that uh, Brazil kind of do mourning? I actually don't, don't know. know. I I'm sure there will be memorial services and and public uh, areas for people to come and mourn together and and remember how Pele made him feel because I mean the man was 82 years old he's been in poor health since back during the World Cup but throughout his life he focused on I mean for example we call soccer the beautiful game that's a phrase he coined because he did it so well he played the game in a way that was different than anybody else and he was head and shoulders above everybody else with his talent and the rest of the world tried to catch up but his style, his charisma, his on-the-field play, and all of that gave way because he aged out of playing and became more of an ambassador for the sport and an ambassador for Brazil. And he focused on 
what he believed was the answer for everything, and that's love. That if you boil it down, love can solve any problem if you apply it in the right way. That is definitely something worth mourning or also celebrating a life well lived. And you're thinking about the connection between Brazil and the Mississippi Delta. Again, if you missed that, that conversation will be up on YouTube later after the show. But the Mississippi Delta, maybe not, she may not be at the same height as Pele was for soccer in the world, but they're also mourning one of their icons. You may know her as Aunt Flo. She was at the Doze Eat Place. I think she had a 70 year career there at the restaurant. And it didn't matter whether you were, you know, a politician or a regular Joe or celebrity. Lord knows the original Doze has uh, seen everybody walk through the doors there in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, she would greet you with a smile, and she was just part of or part of the brand. And, you know, she she sadly passed away, I, I think, maybe this past week, if not the week um, before. Uh, but everyone's sort of just remembering, you know, what an icon she was to the Mississippi Delta, which then sort of, I know it feels like kind of sad, but it's a celebration of life. I mean, that was a long long-lived life of Aunt Flo's there for uh, Doe's. But then here in the central Mississippi, the beloved Primo's um, founder's son, he passed away at the ripe age of 98. And so they closed uh, all their locations too to mourn that loss but when you think about the impact of a life like that that's 80 you know 90 sort of years old and they're leaving that legacy of just warm kindness um eh, you know that's that's what you want whenever you go right you don't want someone saying oh man glad to see them in the dirt i mean (laughs) but you hope that you have a life that is uh was rich in kindness and your good deeds live a lot longer than whatever it was that you built a life well lived yes william and greenville said she made the best salad you have ever tasted and i feel like she was probably part of the experience of of going and you know you should take the time to go to some of our establishments that have these people who have been seasoned with years who've chosen to stick with a certain career for that long because they won't be around forever and so that's that's kind of um yeah that's all the that's all the debbie downer news let's look to the new year it's coming up fast are you a new year's resolution maker taker or how does it go for you I've been both. I've been a, a big proponent of, of New Year's resolutions and sticking to them and making Ooh, them last as long as possible. what's one you've stuck with? Do what? What's one you've stuck with? I mean, in the, the years past. The what, what do we call it? Healthy state or whatever yeah. it was I did back then, where I was working with Coach Kilgore over at uh, at Millsaps and working out several times a week and getting up early and eating right and all that. I stuck with that for a long time until really. They just ran out of time where Coach Kilgore had to get back to doing his, his daily routines yeah. with the college, and then it kind of fell by the wayside. But that was probably the longest resolution I've kept. But I've, I've grown out of making resolutions because the way I look at it is if I have to wait on a certain date to come before I start doing something to better myself or to, to learn more or do more, then I probably wasn't going to do it to begin with. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to start now. Yeah, I, I'm a huge goal setter, goal crusher type person mentality. It really uh, is just how I, I approach life or always have. But I've never really stuck to New Year's resolutions. I've made goal like it, but the goal didn't have to start on January one. It may have been like to complete my first marathon or to do something X, Y, and Z in terms of professionally, like to write a book or whatever. I've always set goals to accomplish them. Um, but I, I, I have set New Year's resolutions usually around better money management. <laughs> <laughs> or 
are reading books, uh, that kind of sort of thing. I kind of got the healthy lifestyle. Uh, it's uh, part of the job. But um, but I really don't ever, I've never really stuck with one, like throughout the year. I can't say that I ever made one and then saw it to completion. In terms of it being on January 1, I'm going to. And then, you know, you go through the phases of having like a word for the year instead of having a resolution, whether it's focus or savor or whatever it may be that's kind of like sets the tone for the year. Yeah, that goes out the water, (laughs) flies right out the window by the time mid-January rolls around. Uh, But I think it's like human nature. There's just this idea of a fresh start. It's like on, you know, every Monday you think you can start on Monday or whatever it may be. And um, I would just say, if you do, take it with a grain of salt. There's nothing wrong with wanting to better your next year or having that mindset. But then I also think, like, give yourself some grace, because I don't really know of many who have kept them. Some have, genuinely have. I get that. That's great. And I think you were in a different space. You were just ready for a launch date. It wasn't the launch date that got you ready, if that makes sense. Kind of like with all my other goals. I, you know, set set one and then do it. It didn't matter what day of the week it was. It was just I was ready to complete that. And uh, but yeah, if you're making them, I'd love to know six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. And if you made one and then saw it through, whether it was this year, well, obviously, well, it could have been this year, twenty twenty two, or years past. I think that would be good as well. It's I'm definitely really, worth celebrating if you can stick it out for the full year. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I try to observe Lent for all the right reasons, and I do really terrible for 40 days. So, I, you know, 365 is kind of a, a, a big, tall task to ask. But there's some that do manageable ones, like you say, 12 books in a year. So you try to focus more on reading versus uh, other things. I kind of like that one. I, if I'm leaning towards one, I would like to spend less time with my thumbs and more time reading something just in terms of replacing one mindless activity with a more enriching product- enriching one. But 12 feels daunting, but, you know, maybe six. Maybe I'll look. I'm already the, the new year hadn't even started, and I'm already backing off uh, my goal here. But. I forget what movie it was, but I remember watching a movie at one point, and and the guy in the movie joked about how he sets all his resolutions for December 28th or 29th. It might have even been 29th, because then he only has a couple days to, to get do them it or feel disappointed, and then a fresh start with the new year. There's probably some some genius psychology going on there, for sure. All right, stick with us. I want to know about your resolutions coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Felt heavy, so I grabbed my keys and I went for a drive. 
Don't forget you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app and, of course, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. It's not Friday, not just yet, but we got Tanya in the house to talk movies because, you know what? We're going to celebrate the new year early around here on Good Things. So, welcome. Woo-hoo. Yeah, woohoo. <laughs> you know, it really is. Everybody talks about this week between Christmas and New Year's. You don't know what day it is. You're not really sure whether you're coming or going. It's this weird week. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, we've got an empty building pretty much so that makes it even more confusing it really i totally agree and lots of folks are getting out and they're like you know what this is when you're going to the movies on a random tuesday or wednesday or thursday night with a family because there's what else do you do with those kids yeah that definitely buys you some time and i finally went to see avatar the way of water and i am very happy to report i loved it oh good i thought it was so that much time commitment you better like it yeah (laughs) and i did do what i wanted to do i rewatched the first one my whole family did earlier this week and um just to refresh my memory you know and it was almost like a totally new movie it's like and i started thinking back i had a less than one year old when that came out so that explains why i have no recollection (laughs) you know the mommy brain plus you know how that is going every direction but um anyway so i refreshed my memory and you know if you watch, I feel like this new one kind of stands on its own. Um, so I was even ask if you if it didn't, up or... yeah, I mean, it definitely, I think, will be a better experience if you saw the first one because there's a lot of plot um, development that ties back to the first one. But uh, you know, in the first one, you had Jake Sully, um, who was his. He came along to infiltrate the Navi people, which are the blue human-like creatures that live on Pandora, uh, which is kind of an Earth-like moon outside of the solar system. Just a whole new, you know, fantasy fantasy, fantasy. land. <laughs> and um, anyway, he had to become part of that group, learn learn a lot about them, so that the humans could excavate. Uh, this energy source that they have on Pandora to help sustain life on Earth. So that's kind of, and, and of course... Isn't that kind uh, of the plot at the beginning of the first one? Yeah, this is Sim- the first this one. This is the first one. Yeah, yeah, and so anyway, so when we leave the first one, Jake has now become a full-time part of this clan. He's in it. He's in love. And so that's where this one picks up. And so Jake is talking about what life is like on Pandora. And it's been about the same timeline as we've seen, you know, about a decade's gone by. And he's happily married or whatever they called it. And um, he has kids. They have five kids three bio kids two that they've just kind of taken under their they've wing been busy for a yeah. decade. <laughs> and they have the same struggles that we can all relate to trying to parent you know be good examples trying to find time for each other have date nights that kind of thing and um anyway so everything's peaceful wonderful beautiful until one night jake looks up and sees an odd star in the sky and unfortunately, it's the humans coming back, like we saw in the first one, basically to pick up where they left off. Uh, but the difference between the first one and this one is now Jake is an enemy to them. And so they are doing everything they can do to t- 
take him out. So recognizing this, he's like, we've got to get away from our clan because they're all in danger. We've got to go somewhere where nobody can find us. And so they go to a, another side of the the moon where it's another clan who are more adapted to an aquatic life. Um, and so that's that's what it's all about. They're kind of hiding, learning a new way of life, learning about the water. And um, these new people initially are very reluctant to bring them in because they do understand that there could be some danger that comes with them if Jake and his family are ever found. And um, but they choose to take them in and show them the way of the water. And those skills pay off. I'm sure um, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so beautifully shot. I mean, it's like I hope for a billion dollar budget that, that it is. I mean, I really felt like I was there. Did you do, did you do the 3D? One? I did not do okay. the 3D, but I did go to the the biggest screen I could find. And I mean, it was incredible. So I definitely say you've got to go to the theater to see this one. And I will say, if you didn't like the first one, um, give this one a shot because I feel like it's much better. It's got lots of little plot lines going on. You really get to dive into the kids' lives, which I think is a lot of fun. Um, and just seeing, you know, them interact with each other and, you know, the things that they get into. Um, but, you know, so you've got a lot of things going on. And, you know, I was thinking back, okay, this movie is over three hours. Uh, what would I cut, you know, to shorten it? And there's nothing. It's like everything was important. And I just never found myself bored at all, um, which is great because it's a great movie, but bad because there's no good time to go I to was the bathroom. Say, is there no? Yeah. <laughs> so you might want to make sure you take care of that before you go and then in. And buy the small Slurpee. Yeah. <laughs> and then there is no bonus scene. So you can shoot out real quick and then come back and watch do the Do you credits. think he would ever do another one? Oh, yeah. And in fact, they've already filmed there. Some of the plot lines are kind of unanswered. So they're setting you up for another one. And there, it's set. The third one's set to come out in 2024. It's already filmed. So it's just in post-production now. So it, you know, it's, it's going to be great. And How's it I, doing at the box office? Is it doing it, what it needs to do? It's doing really, really well. It's like breaking every record out there. I think I saw earlier today that it's over a billion dollars in sales. Rhino said there's supposed to be five Avatar films by the end. Yeah. And I can totally see, you know, when I first heard that after, before I saw this one, I thought, how are they going to stretch that out, you know? But now I see. And I mean, is this, was this made up in James Cameron's head? This is not like a book or whatever else. This was just his sort of brainchild. I think it was his vision, but I'm not really sure. There was a debate when the first one came out because somebody found a story written by, I believe, an elementary school kid that involved blue people on a planet fighting for resources. And I think there was some lawsuit that got filed, but I'm pretty sure it got thrown out. Well, either that or I just hope he cut her a great check. I mean, come on now. Like, her college should be paid for. (laughs) 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 It's the least he could do. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so, like, as of today or yesterday's numbers, it is actually number two for the year, uh, for the year 2022. Number one, of course, is Top Gun Maverick. 
Um, so it's doing really well, and I feel like it may surpass Top Gun just because it's only been out a couple of weeks. Well, and then it, uh, it has a wider audience. Yeah. I mean, you weren't taking kids. We took ours because it was the only time we could get a date night forced yeah. her to go with me. But um, but kids are going to want to see this more than yeah. kids want to see Top Gun. And them. I think teenagers will enjoy it because it's, you know, just fun and, you know, it's just a lot of lot of uh, likeness to humans so it just ups the line there at disney for the i know now i want to go i haven't been since pandora see we went and then we didn't stay in line for the ride because we weren't connected to avatar in any kind and folks told us we were crazy it was like a two-hour wait or something nuts that day but anyway now i feel like i feel like i need to go back to disney yeah yeah for sure um but yeah and the now i understand why these actors held their breath underwater for seven and eight minutes i mean it's just incredible so So definitely holding up to it or no i mean babylon also came out last week and it's tanked and i think part of it is word of mouth you know this is the one i told you i did not like at all and um you know it just cannot hold a candle to avatar i mean like you said Avatar has a wide reach, Babylon rated R, right, small, small reach. reach. Um, the Fablemans is still out there, uh, which is one that um, has been nominated for a Critics' Choice Award along with Avatar. So one to definitely go out there and check out. Devotion is still out there about the fighter pilot that's actually from Mississippi. So those are all great ones. Puss in Boots is still out there if you are looking for something else with the kids. So lots of good stuff to see. Um, But, yeah, Avatar, if you go and look at any of the movie listings in our market, um, probably half the screens are Avatar. Any chance Avatar would snub um, Maverick? I think I think it could. I really do. Ooh, that gets spicy around award time. Yeah, you know, because it came there right at the end after ten ten years. You chose this year to come out. <laughs> well, yeah. kind of like both of them, yeah. right? They, yeah. they sort of waited. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, sounds great. All right, y'all stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. good things don't forget you can watch us we're on computer your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com and we got one more ball game for you that's coming up monday night at the something quest bowl rely a quest i'm never gonna get that right rely a quest bowl and it will be on your local super talk mississippi radio station that is mississippi state versus illinois that's coming up uh, monday night and then i guess you can wrap it in a bow It'll actually be Monday at 11. Monday at 11? Why do I keep saying Monday night? Monday at 11. I just think you think football is played 
in the afternoon or night. But that will wrap everybody's season up in a little bitty, little bitty bow. Some of y'all be sad about that. But then it'll be right back around. What starts next? Then you have bowl basketball. Basketball's going strong. SEC play started last night for the Bulldogs. They dropped one against Alabama, but Alabama was ranked higher. And they, you can give kudos to the state faithful because they did pack the hump. There were probably 9,000, 9,500 oh, people awesome. in the hump last night for that game. So if they can keep that up for the rest of the season, Mississippi State basketball should be doing pretty well because they started the season strong. They've got a good resume for the postseason. As long as they don't lay an egg in SEC play, should be good to go. That is an exciting environment. If you've never been to a packed-out basketball game, that's a good game. I mean, I guess, you know, when the whole – like, you're in a vacuum, and so it really starts to get – you cannot even care about either one of the teams or the sport at all, and you can get interested and involved in what's going on because you don't have a choice not to because every, every – like, the crowd is sort of uh, responding to what's going on on the court, and it happens quick. I always found basketball being one – I would much rather be in person to watch versus, um, you know, uh, watching it from from home. Well, technically, it's not really a sport that I know much about, so being in person is more fun. But even like back in back in the cheerleading days, um, we always loved the basketball games. Number one, they were you were warm because they weren't outside in the elements, but you could see you were right there, like you could see the entire game the entire time so for someone who's supposed to be getting spunky about what you're doing it was much easier to be in the spirit (laughs) watching the boys go up or girls go up and down the court so um that's pretty cool exciting and what and then comes baseball oh yeah baseball will start late january early february it's been a while since i've done sports talk radio for uh for on a regular basis but i'm pretty sure it's late january early february and then football will be back in August. Is there anything you're looking forward to in 2023? Hmm. When's the Olympics? I honestly don't know. You would think I would know that. Yeah, you're the Olympics guru. I think this is our year off because I think it comes up 24. I think this is that weird. Yeah, it'll be in Paris in 2024 and they will have breakdancing as one of the new sports. Well, there's something for everybody, I guess. No athlete left behind (laughs) in the Olympics, but then they're cutting certain things. But anyway, so that'll be something to get. I'll be gearing up, getting excited for the Olympics in uh, in 2024. But it feels like it's kind of an off year for like the big sporting sort of things. Well, I know you're a Southern Miss Golden Eagle, and if there's a pattern to be seen... We had Mississippi State win a national championship in baseball. But hey, no, no, no. I predicted that last year. That's what I'm saying. So you might have that to look forward to in 2023. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. That would really be cool. I guess, yeah. I guess baseball, everybody's eyes will be on on baseball season sort of coming up. Who knows? 2023. It felt like everybody was looking forward to, obviously, we don't speak of 2020. And then 2021 (laughs) felt really odd because we were trying to you know like a baby giraffe trying to figure out how to walk again and now it felt like 2022 is normal but not i think people are just slap afraid to like make predictions about 2023 i think it's just like i saw a meme where somebody said hold your horses don't be talking about 2023 is going to be my year we're all going to walk in slowly look (laughs) around and make sure the coast is clear make sure it's something we want to do not really sure because when's when's the the election that's 24 right 
Uh, Mississippi will have elections next year. So uh, that'll be something to look forward to if you're in the world of politics. But yeah, the big elections will be 2024. So it does. It kind of feels like 2023 is like that that buffer year before you know the next sort of big way. Well, I can tell you what we will be right here on good things, not talking about either, except for maybe the Olympics. <laughs> we'll definitely move or pass over all the other uh, hoopla. So we'll have to find our break dancers to root for. Yes. We may even practice a little bit and try to get the cardboard box. I am going to guess that it is harder than it looks. Oh, yeah. That is just my small. Imagine judging it. Oh, this is going to be fun. All righty, guys. You got plenty more coming up next with the boys with sports talk from three to six. But Rhino and I will meet you back in the new year. So happy new years to you and yours. We definitely love you guys. You make good things great. We say it all the time. But until then, make sure you take time for the good things. Good things for you tonight. Yeah, good things for you tonight. Yeah, good things for you Talk Mississippi Media Production.